Here it comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Hello, hello, Nashville. You are tuning in to episode six of Heart of Nashville. Today, I'll be sitting down with Terry Vaux. And one of the reasons why she moved to Nashville originally was to work with the Japanese government. I did not know that, but now I do. And now you do. And you get to tune in and hear the rest of the story. She has a lot of great stuff. She is making a huge impact in Nashville. She was just voted 40 under 40. She is involved in quite a few boards. Um, she's also on the Arkansas Razorback Arkansas alumni board with me. So uh, I get to see her in action as she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's doing a lot. So uh, I think you'll enjoy what she has to say and hear her story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, Nashville. Uh, today I'm sitting here with Terry Vo, and we are really close to downtown in the Pinewood Social parking lot, which is a great place to try out. And then across the street from Crema. Crema? I think it's Crema. <laughs> well, I mean, how southern are you? Is it Crema? Yes. Crema. Crema. Yeah. Crema sounds better. <laughs> So anyways, I am sitting here with Terry, and we're going to get to know her a little bit. Um, I know her through our Arkansas alumni group, and honestly, I can't keep up with what she's doing because she's doing so much helping out over here, doing this, doing that. It's like I know she's associated with Comcast, but she does so much outreach that she's uh, she's got a lot of hands outreaching, that's for sure. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, so to start out, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Sure. And then we'll dive more into some interview questions. Perfect. Um, all right. So here's a speed round. And most of the speed rounds so far have not been very speedy. So don't stress if it's not like that. Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how long have you lived in Nashville? <laughs> uh, 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 2009. So, 2009. Yeah. I can't believe it's coming on almost a decade. It's weird to wow. say that. Yeah. We've been um, here for 17 years. Yeah. I think. And I think, you know, with Nashville, I think everyone can relate. I had a break. Um, so I was here from 2009 to 2012. I moved to Australia oh, okay, for cool. a few years. Uh, and then I came back to Nashville in 2015. Nice. So, I didn't know that. How, yeah. how was Australia? It was amazing. And I went to I went to Australia because of Nashville. Okay. So I was actually representing uh, the Rotary Club of Green Hills. Okay. And I was their Rotary Ambassadorial Scholar. Interesting. Yeah. So I got to represent Nashville overseas cool that's pretty that's pretty cool so why uh, initially did you move to Nashville so this is a great question people are always surprised um, I actually moved here to work for the Japanese government so the Consulate General of Japan uh, at Nashville is located on um, West End and it's the first and only foreign government in the state of Tennessee Wow that is interesting <laughs> Um, so where did you move from at that time? So I was working in Japan. Um, so I, I always tell people, I mean, I moved from Japan, but I'm, I was born and raised in Arkansas. Okay. So my roots That's are there. Right. That's right. So how long did you live in Arkansas? While um, your roots oh, were there. Yeah. So after you went to college. Mm -hmm, after I went to college and then I moved to Japan. Okay. After college and then from Japan to here. So how long, how long were you in Japan? Uh, for two years. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, but then you moved to Nashville, then back to Japan, or? I went to college, and then I stayed abroad in Japan, and came back and finished college. I graduated, then moved back to Japan, then I finished my contract there, and then moved to Nashville. Okay. That's there awesome. we go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what's so cool is, like, even, you know, the other podcasts I was doing, I'd sit down with people that I know, but you really only know so much a lot of times. Yeah. Unless you sit down and dive into the actual questions to go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So, uh, pretty neat. Didn't know you were that uh, culturized. Actually, I did. But, um, so, what part of town do you currently live in? I live in Chestnut Hill, mm -hmm. which I tell everyone it's between Wedgwood, Houston, and downtown. How you like it? And what made you choose that, that location? So, I love it so much. Um, I've lived in Berry Hill ever since I moved to Nashville. So, this, like, south, just south of downtown is where my heart is. So, when I was really searching um, for a home, I wanted to be really close. And Chestnut Hill had the perfect house for me. And that's what uh, is great about, I think, all the growth in Nashville is every area within the parameters growing because everybody wants to be close to the action, you know, um, and it's reviving everywhere pretty much. It is. And I love getting to live with neighbors who've lived in Chestnut Hill for 20 years. And now we're talking to each other. Yeah. And I think that's the Nashville I want to be. Like, I want to be a community um, with my neighbors and know my neighbors. I yeah. feel really fortunate. It's really tough because, so we live in East Nashville and moved here. Then we moved to Hermitage. Then we moved to Mount Juliet. And right. uh, so, you know, great schools. Um, and, of course, we had kind of moved out that way because of that's where some of our friends were. Mm -hmm. But then, like, two days ago, we went out downtown. And we went and toured the chocolate factory. Um, like the Goo Goo Clusters? No, the, the Sinclair. Um, oh, Olive Sinclair, Sinclair. Yeah. yeah. And so we toured them. And then as you get out, you know, they got a coffee shop on the corner. And they got, and I was like, man, this is what I love about the community. And this is mm -hmm. why all these communities around here have these, their pockets everywhere, mm -hmm. you know. And you get similar stuff, but on a smaller feel because you can just hop into the local coffee shop. And, uh, and like, my neighborhood's 450 homes but you know you gotta drive 10 miles before you you know get something so as we were walking i said when the kids are gone we're gonna move to a little quaint area like this so that's what yeah that's what's really cool because i love that i love that feel too so yeah that's cool. quick that was quick um so favorite restaurant favorite restaurant okay so everyone knows me i'm like a huge foodie and it's really difficult and i was like mulling over like Oh, which restaurant do I really pick? But I love Fifth and Taylor okay. over in Germantown. Never had a bad meal there. Um, and I love that you can go there on a date. You can go there for a girls' night. You can go there for a business dinner. So it kind of hits all the points. Um, so, yeah, cool. I love them. All right, so favorite hobby? Favorite hobby. Gosh, so many. I would say that I love post crossings. So I am huge into penmanship and, you know, interactions, culture, and it kind of gets to combine a lot of things I love in one. So I send postcards to people all over the world and then people send postcards to me from all over the world. Oh, and cool. it's really nice to have a beautiful mailbox um, when you come yeah, home. Yeah, I bet it is. That is pretty neat. 
That's kind of a, that might be a cool thing to get, do something with the kids, you know? Oh, they would love it. Is there like a website you go to to sign up? or what? Postcrossings.com. Postcrossings. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I just mailed my 500th really? postcard. Yeah. So obviously you do have to have nice penmanship so they can read you, read your handwriting. I mean, in theory, but... Uh... <laughs> I have to slow down. I get to go, and I swear I'll give Natalie this nice, sweet card occasionally. And uh, and she's, like, reading it, and I can tell. It's like, you don't know what that word means. <laughs> what so what I, is that word? And I, can, and I can... I think I can write pretty nice, uh, but I just get... You know, I start out nice, and I speed up. And mm-hmm. um, All right, so tell me something crazy about yourself. Crazy about myself? <laughs> Kind of where you came from, and so, you said the Chinese, the consulate, the consulate general of Japan. Japan, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, okay, I can tell you a funny story about me in Japan. So, um, in general, I can go to sleep anywhere. Okay, um, I think it's a, a gift and a talent. Um, and so, when I was living in Japan. Uh, they have great public transportation, so I was riding my bike, and I was riding the train, and going on the buses. So anyways, um, my friends had asked me about like Japan and how I was doing, and I'm like, oh yeah, everything's great. And they go, so, have you fallen asleep on the bus? I was like, no, I have not. And uh, the next week, I was like riding my bike, going to my friend's house, and then I was coming home. And uh, I'm not joking. I fell asleep while riding my bike. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it is true because, uh, yeah, I, like, woke up and I was, like, on the other side of the road. I mean, it was not a large road, but it was still a road. So I think that is crazy. Um, and, I mean, I guess it happened so I can share it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Were you drinking? No. <laughs> I honestly good. that's a great question. Fair. Uh I think it was more just uh tired. Like okay. I was just sleepy. Um because you know, I mean we had stayed out late and I was riding my bike home. Right. So um definitely not because I was um you know That's awesome. I that's was not R U I. I was not yes. riding under the influence, right, okay? Right, right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well it's, as soon as you said the bike, I'm in my mind I'm like I wonder if she fell asleep. I'm like, no, she fell asleep on the bus, but no, you fell asleep riding your bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where out of out of these places you live, what's one of the most exciting places you've lived slash visited? Um, Not necessarily lived; it can be visited as well. Yeah, that that's like a really tough question. I get that a lot. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, can I pick one country per continent? (laughs) Um, But I think one of the countries that really left a huge impression was when I went to India. And I think, you know, if I'm being completely honest, some days in India were very, very hard, very, very hot, you know, very, very exhausting mentally, physically, um, emotionally. Uh, But after I left, I thought about India a lot. It was on my mind a lot. And so I think with that, that's very special um, and a beautiful place. I think all of us, everyone should visit um, in their lifetime. That's cool. Which I can imagine visiting places. Sometimes it's about the actual place, but then a lot of it's the experience and the culture and everything that went along with it that makes that impression. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. All right. So now tell tell us a little bit about yourself, um, yeah. what you're doing. So. 
like um, you had mentioned earlier, I work for Comcast. I manage their community investments and partnerships in the Middle Tennessee region. People are like, what does that mean? And so really what um, I'm really fortunate in doing is we have our community investment programs. So for example, we have a Leaders and Achievers Scholarship Program. So we give scholarships to local high school students. Um, that's amazing. Two, I, um, we have our Internet Essentials program. And this um, program uh, gives eligible families uh, Internet for $9.95 a month. So for everyone who has a child in MNPS, you qualify for that. I just think that there are many programs and we do Comcast Cares Day. So we, um, it's the largest corporate volunteer um, event in the nation. It's amazing and something I really care about and getting to see everyone come out and my colleagues come out and their families is really exciting. Right now, currently, we are a sponsor of the USA team for the Winter Olympics and it has been such a joy to um, be a part of that. And so we had a Winter Olympics preview with Scott Hamilton and uh, he got to come and talk about his experience. It's so neat. We live in a town where an Olympian mm-hmm. um, can, you know, continuously share his story, be an inspiration. Um, and I'm just, I'm very fortunate and I really love what I get to do. And he just came out with a book as well. Yes. Finish first. He was on uh, Donald Miller's podcast. I listened to him the other day. That is awesome. And I have a copy and at my event, we gave away some copies. So yeah, we're very excited. I'm excited to read it. That's cool. That's cool. So thinking back to uh, your younger years, what influence did your family or the environment have on kind of who you are today? Yeah, I definitely, when I think about growing up in Arkansas, I think about my parents. I think now that you're, you know, when you get older, you see your parents in a different light. And my parents had to work all the time. You know, they weren't fortunate um, that had, you know, easy hours or anything like that. They had to work all different hours of the um, of the day. And when I'd come home from school, my mom would have prepared an amazing meal, but we didn't get to share that meal together because she was at work. And so, you know, with all of that, they really instilled in my siblings and I to study, to work hard. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I'm so grateful they were a great example. Their work ethic is second to none. I think sometimes, you know, they, they work too much and they care so much. Um, and sometimes they forget about themselves. So, um, I think that had a huge influence on me. I lived, you know, growing up in Fort Smith, it was, the second largest city in the state. But even saying that, like there was still community and it was still a small enough town. It had everything I needed. So I think like authentic relationships were real. And I think that safety was something, I mean, when I moved different areas and just bigger cities, um, I didn't understand how fortunate we were and that you could just ride your bike. You can have the door unlocked. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, all of that definitely played um, a factor in how I am now um, growing up. And I'm very thankful for all of it. Out of that, <laughs> some pivotal markers that kind of, you know, shaped who you are as well. Um, yeah. So with um, my parents, I would say, you know, they pushed me to like, there's never a question that I was going to college. Um, and I think growing up, you're just kind of going through life like for me, I was, I would say I had a trajectory, right? Like, I mean, you know, you're going to graduate elementary, junior high, high school, college, 
And then, like, life is a mystery after that. Um, And so I think them being very disciplined, you know, on me and um, keeping me focused, I think that's a good thing. So I think, like, my parents taught me to work hard. Like, nothing is ever given to you. So I believe that, and I live that. Um, I'm very grateful. For me, everything is a gift, right? Each day, and as we're kids, um, I don't think, you know, you you have to understand that and be taught that. And so I'm very thankful for my parents and for discipline. I think all these things I say, like, they're so critical for you once you do grow up on your own. Because if you are not, like, if you're not working hard... And if you're not grateful and if you're not disciplined, life is going to be a really tough road as an adult. It is. Um, I experienced the discipline part. From time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when life gets chaotic, you realize that it's discipline or I'm sure like you, you know, I know you're you're probably a big visionary and you want to you know, make an impact and change the world. And yes. it does take a lot of discipline in the little details to yes. make that happen. If yeah. not, you're just kind of running astray, you know, and yeah. yeah, you're just going through life. Yeah. And I think that you know, to make a difference, you are going through life, but with purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's very critical. Tell me a little bit about a person that's made a huge influence in your life or, or, and who is someone now that you're currently following or reading about that's uh, making an impact. Man, these questions are so hard because there's so many people, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many people that touch your life and that influence your life. Um, but I think that Without this person, one, I would not be here. So, you know, for me, my mom is a huge inspiration um, to me and someone that I have learned a lot from. I think a lot of times, uh, my friend, I'm in Leadership Middle Tennessee, and we have to have these three-minute moments, and we have to talk about a pivotal you know, like life changing moment in our lives. And I can relate to my friend, you know, in that way that I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I ever thought that, but his parents were not educated and my parents, you know, they were educated individuals, but when they came to Vietnam, uh, when they came over to America, it was like starting over, right? Like when you transfer college, some credits may transfer, some others don't. And my friend had talked about how he kind of looked down on his parents because they weren't highly educated, but it was his parents that saved up money for that farm that, you know, he has now. Um, and when I was listening to that, I was thinking, yeah, we all talk about how education is important, but those who don't have education, it makes them no less important. And so I think with that, that has, you know, she's made such a huge impact because she's the hardest worker. And even though I think she deserves way more, at work and she is more capable than what she does. She does it with grace. She, she works very hard. And so with that, you know, I'm like, I want to take where I am and if I, you know, and to do the best that I can, but whatever, you know, chapter I'm in, in my life to make the most of that moment. So my mom is the best and she's the best cook in the world. And, um, I hope to, you know, get all her cooking skills. I'm working on that. Um, it takes a lot of discipline. T- yes. 
and like remembering all the ingredients and you know your like your favorite grandma's recipe your favorite mom's recipe there are no instructions. You cannot buy a recipe book. a little book. bit of this and a little bit of that and a pinch of it. I'm like, no, I need. I told my mom one time, it was vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, I don't, you just taste it. I'm like, no, I need specific yes. measurements. Yes. Like, because if not, I'm going to screw it up. And one, really, you don't. Right? Yeah. But yeah. one tablespoon and one teaspoon are very different. Believe me, I have been, <laughs> I've experienced the taste of what it was not supposed to be um, with that mistake. And, you know, professionally, I really, you know, uh, follow and I I have um, a book club at work. Well, I'm part of a women's network. I co-lead it. So we did um, Ariana, Ariana Huffington's Thrive book. And to me, like, I just love how she stepped out. She has this, you know, company. And even while she was having this company, you know, she seriously had a, you know, um, uh, a downfall too, you know, like she, she had to really kind of reevaluate what success and what that means on her and her body and her life and her career. And so I, um, you know, I, I follow her and I think that it's been amazing seeing all the wonderful people she's brought up with her, um, and that she's real, mm-hmm. um, not trying to be someone else, but she's authentic. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, it's funny, actually two things. One, I think about college and Bryce, my 10 year old, you know, he's like, no, I'm not going to college. I just want to get in real estate. And, you know, part of me is like, it'll be interesting to see when that time comes because, you know, I, I like having the degree, but, and actually, ironically, my degree was small entrepreneurship or small business, which is what I'm which doing. Which is what right? you're doing. Um, but, you know, I don't know that going to college and spending all that money and having all that fun, you know, actually would have, you know, helped me do this. But I'm sure there were some networks in there. But, it, you know, and then I think about, you know, like, yeah, the younger, the older generation, as far as not having the education, but yet, you know, a lot of what we have is because of that generation. But then I even reflect over the last couple of years in reading so many books. I'm like, I think now with the internet and YouTube and, you know, all this motivational business minded stuff, you can get so much of that outside of college. So it's, it, I think it'll be interesting, mm-hmm. you know, going forward with how college might evolve with having that capabilities you know yeah. what I mean well like, and I think even from the cost standpoint yeah you know? and I honestly think it it depends on what you want to study I agree what you want to do with your life so I don't think college is for everyone I will say that I went to college I loved it but it is not for everyone and I think that what we all need to reevaluate in life is truly like what we love right. because when you love what you do, you're not working. And the people who are unhappy are doing jobs. And, you know, when you have a career that you love, it doesn't matter. And I think the pathway for you to get that has to be your own. And if it includes college, yay. If it doesn't, yay. Well, it's funny because I think about that. A lot of musicians I've interviewed, um, what's your hobby? I kind of do my hobby. I love what I do, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure some went to college, but a lot didn't. But yeah. they're pursuing their passion, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting uh Interesting thought. Um, all right. So thinking of your journey and yes. thinking of moments in time and the fact that we're not on Facebook, so it doesn't have to be that perfect positive post. Um, <laughs> what are some moments in your life um, that you struggled with and, you know, along your journey and how did you get through that and how did you come out a better person? Definitely. I think that the low points are, you know, only looking back, right? When you're in the low points, 
you want to get through them as fast as possible. But really, look, I always think I'm, I get so excited because I know <laughs> the outcome is just going to be awesome. <laughs> okay, Man, maybe not. I need to take that from you because uh, I will tell you, you know, the transitional periods have been probably the toughest parts of my life, right? So when I tell people like, oh, yeah, I, I worked in Japan, I, you know, worked in Australia, those things are very exciting, which they are. But the other end is like, the moving part and the transitioning. And when you finish that one chapter, some are easy to transition, right? Like you kind of know where you're going or, you know, what's kind of set up for you. But after Australia, um, I was like, well, I, you know, maybe I could live and work in Australia. Maybe I'll live and work somewhere else. And I did not think that I would be back in Nashville, right? And so for months, you know, I was job searching. I was hunt, job hunting and filling out all these applications and interview here or there. But they, you know, they didn't like, they didn't produce, you know, a, like a job offer. And that was a very tough time in my life, like really hard. And so I understand when people are looking for jobs and, you know, I think other people just see it as a weakness, but I don't because it's a gift in that period of time is really reflecting. And I think it's time you need to step back and think about what you do want to do in life and to really open your eyes when people are talking to you, um, and listen, Mm -hmm. um, because I think I was just overworking myself, you know, and applying to all these jobs that may or may not, you know, have been the best, but finding, thinking that my value was on a job offer, which it's not. Um, and in that time, you know, getting to spend time with my parents, that's invaluable. I will never get that. When I graduated from college, I never came back. I mean, left, um, for college in high school, you know, at what, eight, 16, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never went back to Arkansas. I was never home. And so I had a, you know, a few months with them and that was very, very special, but I know living in it, it was hard. I was lots of tears and lots of frustrations, you know, with yourself and, right, and right. your self worth. Um, and then I'm not joking. I was talking to one of my best friends and she said, come back to Nashville. And I said, no. She's like, just come back. I said, I'm not going to come back to Nashville. I don't have a job. And she's like, just come back. And I think she was a voice speaking through a larger voice. And I did come back. And I'm not joking. Like two weeks later, I had a job. And it's one of those things you're like, was I? I was just not listening, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I would have come back earlier, maybe, I mean, I would have been employed longer. But all those things happen. And I, I learned a lot in that period. And I'm so grateful for my friend for even when I kept saying no, they kept mm-hmm. saying come. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, I mean, going through the, the tough stages, because um, I look back when I, the one time I got laid off, and it's easy now to look back at all the processes and be going, man, that was, you know, his hand was involved in, in all that. But during a time when it happened, it's like, oh, no. But then I think even in the moment, you know, my son was six months old. So it was like, Hey, I finally get to enjoy some of the unemployment money, you yeah. know, for like a month or two because I couldn't stay home that long because Natalie was home. But, but you know, I got to enjoy that month or two with, with Bryce, yeah. you know, and just hold him and, and just kind of chill, you and know, be a little there. bit. So, yeah, so it is, although that's, it, it, I don't always have that, you know, perspective of in the moment, you know, but, um, 
yeah, I think it's reaching out, getting help, reading the books, or like you said, you know, yeah. listening to the one author and, and, you know, seeing that real authenticness, you know, it kind of it takes your mind off of you, yes. you know, and focuses on, focuses on others. So that's good. Yeah. When you're down, if yes. you have a moment of downness, <laughs> downness um, People what do you it. do to get yourself out of it and to yeah. push through? I think one, it's definitely like telling yourself like this will pass. Um, nothing is permanent, you know? And so when I'm down, yeah, I definitely have my close friends that I can call and confide in. I think that's really important for everybody. Um, if you can have one or two people or how, how, whatever the number is for you, but that they love you as you are on your highs and your lows and every, everything in between. Um, that you can talk to. So I think, you know, talking to my friends when I'm down is really important. And my close, you know, my family, um, to like, um, do not let yourself like just stay insular. So I think when I'm down, I'm like, no, I have to go out. You know, you have to plan something and like make yourself like do whatever that thing is, you know, right. that makes you happy or that brings you joy. Right. The like, I don't know whether it's, you know, going to a movie, it might be your thing, you know, but you're like, I can't go by myself. You're like, yes, you can get out of the house, you know, or you just get movie pass. Uh, I have movie pass. Ten bucks a month. It's amazing. <laughs> I've been telling everyone. I know I have to. The first time somebody <laughs> told me, I'm like, "Is it? Is that real? There's no way. Is that it's real? real? Yeah. Anyways, it's real. Yeah. So um, get out of the house. So get out of the house. Um, and uh, I think journal. Um, write out how you're feeling. Uh, it's funny, you know, when I look back at journals that I've kept, and they're so funny to read, but it's really good because you see your growth. You see where you were and where you are now. And even if it's a step, one step back, five steps back, you have many more steps forward. So, yeah, that's what I would tell people. Like, talk to your close friends and family. Get out. Do something. You know, don't let yourself just stay stuck inside yourself um, and journal through it. Yeah, I think uh, it makes me think, too, on the other side of people that are listening that have friends that are going through those moments. Don't be afraid to be honest. And give them a kick in the butt, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I would probably probably have to be a little bit more empathetic in trying to lovingly encourage somebody. But but there's at times where yeah, it's just like you know you're down on yourself in Arkansas. It's like no, get your butt down to Nashville. And mm-hmm. little did you know, you know, you had a yeah. job sitting there waiting on waiting on you. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the encouraging part for friends. Don't always just agree with everything. Encourage. Sometimes yes. listen, sometimes cry, and sometimes kick them in the butt, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so when you said, you know, obviously earlier, discipline is a key to, you know, I think moving forward and being successful. So with that, focus kind of lines up with that. Um, what's some advice that you would say to keep, uh, as I like to use the term, squirrels out of your life? Um I try to carry a 22 around so I can just shoot them out, but that is still doesn't work. Because then I look yeah. at the gun and I'm like, I need to clean this thing. It's dirty, you know. <laughs> so, so focus. How do you? Uh, how how do you? How, what advice would you give on focus? Uh, for me, I have to like have a clean space, right? Like it's very easy to find excuses. So, you know, when I was like in college, everything like that, I couldn't study until like everything was like in order and everything was great. But all of that very, I mean, clean spaces and making, you know, creating spaces that allow you to 
you know, go where you need to be are important. So create that for yourself and then keep that space, you know, like do not let it be, you know, um, cluttered with things that are in your way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and give yourself, I think, realistic goals, um, you know, in that discipline, because just because you're disciplined, you could do something every day, but is it really getting you towards your goal? And if it's not, then that doesn't make sense. Like if you're disciplined and you only brush your teeth for 10 seconds a day, I mean, that's great and all that you quote brush your teeth every day, but 10 seconds is not enough. Mm -hmm. So maybe you need to increase it to two minutes. Um, and so with that, like really create realistic goals to, you know, to help you get there. And, um, for me, you know, it's, I, I, would create goals that were sometimes overwhelming and then that's no fun because then you feel like you fall short and then you get overwhelmed and then you kind of just quit before you start. So I think incremental goals are very good. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. and, uh, do one, try it for 30 days and keep going. So I think try that, you know, try that, um, in your life. I think anyone who's listening, um, and I think you can apply that and you will find success in that. I agree. Um, and it's a continual thing for me to have to do, put the goals in front of you, write them down and yes. all that good stuff. So as far as what, what you're doing now, um, how are you impacting others? Yeah. So in the community, so outside of my work, I care very much about, you know, Nashville becoming and growing and turning into this beautiful, diverse, you know, engaged um, and rich community. Um, and so I serve on a couple of boards. I serve on the National LGBT Chambers Board and the Big Brothers Big Sisters of Middle Tennessee and also the Dismas House. Mm -hmm. And what is so nice is that, is that they're all very different. Um, they all focus on uh, one passions that I care very much about. And then one that, you know, sometimes, uh, when your friend asks you to do something and you say yes, but you're so grateful that you did because it was something that you didn't know about. So those all apply. I mean, for the LGBT chamber, diversity is so important. And I think that, you know, sitting on, you know, the board and being a, a straight ally and really seeing, I think, the difficulties and the struggles they go through that I don't see is really eye opening for me and how I can be a better, you know, board member, a better colleague to people at my work and a much better friend to my, to, um, to my LGBT friends. Um, mentorship, I think it's critical. So sitting on the board for big brothers, big sisters is very dear to my heart. I manage the program that we have at Comcast called beyond school walls. So we get to our partner schools, Jerry Baxter middle school. So we have Comcast employees who get to be mentors to these middle school, uh, to the Jerry Baxter middle school students and seeing them you know connect with someone seeing like where they can go celebrating their strengths is the most exciting thing um, so I love that I care about that and everyone needs a mentor in their life and and I, I wish every child could have that and and then the Dismas house has been life-changing I mean all of us you know we know that crime is increasing in Nashville, youth violence. It's real. And, uh, on the other side though, you know, you have individuals that they have served their time and they are transitioning back into society. And what kind of society are we are if we only, you know, like sentence people, but then we don't on the flip side, welcome them back. Um, you know that you have kids, 
you know, when they're disciplined, like, guess what? The next day you're continually living life together. And would it be fun if they're disciplined every day and they're never felt welcome back into their family? Mm-hmm. And so that has been great. It's, um, you know, their capital campaign is happening and to see, you know, a building that will be built that can serve many more individuals because the need is so great. I'm, I'm very, very proud to be a part of that. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. And it makes me think too. some of the uh, the previous people I've interviewed, um, their stories are, you know, getting out, experiencing culture. And I think, you know, there's a benefit to it. One, you get the ex- excitement of spirit experiencing culture and being around different people. But then I do think it helps you to be more empathetic to whatever their scenario. You know, like you said, those three nonprofits are all diversified. And, um, you know, when I saw the Dismas house and we've served there a couple of times, you know, it made me think because my dad went to prison for three years and him getting out, you know, and, and so you can relate to that experience. Yes. You know? Um, or, you know, my father-in-law passed away from cancer. And so then you're more relatable to people that are dealing with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the, I guess that's the awesome thing about being on a board or serving is that, you know, one, it's great for you. A lot of times when you're down, do that. You know, that's what I, that's what I hear about. You know, when people get depressed, it's like, take, take, take the focus off of you and put it on somebody else. And it's going to spiral you back out and up. It yeah. will, you know, so, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Be, be a part of something greater than yourself because mm-hmm. it will be the greatest gift. Yeah. Um, and you know, circling back to my neighborhood, I forgot. I mean, we are revitalizing, you know, our neighborhood watch and you know, I, my, a few of my neighbors and I, you know, we walked around our neighborhood and we canvassed the neighborhood and we walked our neighborhood and you know, when you have the meeting, you have no idea if people are going to come. And when you have a room full, you're like, I'm not in this alone. You know, my neighbors want a a safe neighborhood, too. They want to look out for each other, too. And so, you know, I encourage everyone, like, find what you love and or just be curious. You know, ask your friends. Ask somebody about what they love and what they care about. And you can easily go to, you know the center for nonprofit management or for, you know, on young professionals, you know, YP Connect. And there are hundreds of nonprofits that you can find or experience or just try out and be a part of your community. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're living in an apartment or a townhouse or you own your house or you're going to be there for six months. Get to know the people who live around you. Which means get off your device and get away from the TV. Yes. Or at least invite people <laughs> over to watch um, the Olympics. Watch the Olympics you with know? you together. Yeah, because yeah, people want to be a part of something. So it sometimes just takes one person getting out of their comfort zone to invite others. And the next thing you know, you got everybody by getting together. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, this kind of like answers the question, but when someone is like, man, I want to make an impact, I want to do something, you know, purposeful. Yeah. Um, obviously it takes discipline, but what would you say, you know, a lot of fear obviously controls a lot of people. Um, and so what would you encourage people to get past that and, you know, to where they can be making an impact? Yeah. So I think if it is fear that is blocking you, go to an event with your friend. Don't go alone. You know, I'm certain you could message a friend or someone. Um, And I think a lot of people kind of forget. Sometimes they think at work, it's just for work. But many times at your job, there are opportunities for you to grow in the community and for, you know, professional development. So maybe seek out at work some, you know, ERG groups, we have employee resource groups. So what I love about that is that Comcast wanted, you know, we are very diverse and care about 
making our um, colleagues feel that they are included and we have rights and policies that protect them. So we have a vet net group for veterans. We have a women's network for women. We have an Asian American, you know, Pacific, uh, group. We have a disabilities, um, you know, group. We have the black employee network, Ben, the Ben group. So, you know, try to make work more than just sitting at your desk. So I think a couple of things, you know, you can make an impact wherever you are. Um, and so whether at work or at home. Oh, and then of course, like, just go look at Hands On Nashville. Right. Like, there are tons of places you can just go volunteer an hour or two and try it out. Like, see if you like it. Learn about the mission. So, I would say those are, like, three takeaways you could definitely do that will not make you feel like you're doing a, you know, 180. So. Right, right. I get where Looking you're going. back, what advice would you give, you know, somebody who is in those different stages of life? One or all or whatever. Make the most of that opportunity even when you are in that low make the most of that so does that mean you can go visit your family go do it does that mean taking a vacation that you so needed because you haven't taken one day off and that's why you're burnt after three years of working somewhere go take that break and it doesn't mean you need to go across the world you could go take a road trip for yourself. You can go to a cabin. You can take a drive. You know, 30 minutes outside of Nashville would take you to many great places um, that won't make you feel like you're in the city. And so I think those things are, are really critical. Um, and that's, you know, my advice um, to to someone. In all those stages. In all those stages. Take take time for yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, or in that fact, enjoy the moment. Yeah. You know? And enjoy as much as you can. I right. know some are easier than others. You yes. know, yeah. the the winds are much easier to, you know, you want to linger just a little longer than, than the pitfalls or the failures. Um, but know that, like, you know, make the most of them. Learn the most that you can. Um, because I will say, like, when I was growing up, I took piano lessons, right? And I'm so thankful. And my parents took, like, piano lessons. And guess what? We had financial barriers. So I couldn't have the best piano teacher, okay? And when I am older and looking back now, I mean, teachers matter very much. And, you know, you have to understand, like, at each stage, like, once you have grown to that point or you've grown out of it, you've got to push harder. And so... If you find yourself in that, you know, if you're the best person in the room, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're not in the right room anymore. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you know, push yourself and go and get help, right? Like if, if the lessons for that are $20 and you can only pay 15, how can you get the other five? How can you figure that and figure that out for yourself? Because when you do that extra $5 that you had to pay for, I mean, when you can be a concert pianist or you have a skill that you can use at church or, you know, or a youth group or for your family gatherings, they're endless and invaluable. And so, you know, with that, I really encourage people like to really assess mm -hmm. um, and uh, and don't be afraid, you know, when you hit a roadblock. Just keep just push it through. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I like that. That's great advice. So from the great words of Timothy Four seven. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? Gosh, I I hope and pray that um, people will know that I showed God's love and loved people more than myself and cared about making my community a better place. 
Um, I think that's the most important, um, to me. Yeah. Is leaving, leaving that with people. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's a, a great legacy to leave really to be known for that. The first one just in itself is, is what we all need. Well, Terry, thank you so much for your time. Thanks and, uh, for having me. Hopefully, uh, I guess the Rambler, you stayed warm enough. Oh, yeah. A little too hot. No, it was All great. Right. Super cozy. Cool. And uh, this was super fun. I plan to take the boys out here probably in March, do camping in the, the Rambler for the first time. So yep. I like it. I like awesome. it. You've got four cups. Perfect. I do. You well, and the boys. Um, keep making the impact, and we'll see you at some uh, Arkansas alumni events. And actually... I remembered we'll be on the phone for yeah. about an hour. Uh, we've, so. cool. we've got a phone call. Awesome. But yeah, we'll pick Suey. Yeah, actually, yeah, I would say we could call the hogs, but uh, <laughs> no, Jared would if he was here. He'd be like, Woo! <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks. Well, that was Terry, and that was her story. And she is making a huge impact in Nashville, like I had mentioned. Uh, previously, she was just voted 40 under 40, and she's uh, just making a huge impact. So hopefully there was a lot of encouraging things in there as you are um, maybe getting started, maybe fresh out of college and want to make an impact. Um, take a listen to some of those nuggets and apply them and just get out, meet people. It can, uh, it can make a huge difference in your life and many others. As always, thanks for tuning in to Heart of Nashville. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Next week, I'll be sitting down with J.J. Benson. I um, I guess with, with quite a few of these that I'm interviewing, I was introduced to them through so-and-so. I love the networking aspect. I love just, I love some connectors I have in my life. Um, it, it, they're really just about spreading the word of others. And J.J., he uh, has a great story. He um, fostered some kids and uh, eventually adopted. And just through his story, God's just put a lot on his heart, started a nonprofit, and he's making a huge difference in Nashville. And I know as this grows, it's just going to continue to impact so many lives. So make sure you tune in and you find out how you can jump on board and be a part of what he's doing. If you got a second, scroll down. Hit review. Let me know what you thought about this episode with Terry or any of the other episodes. Make sure to check out the show notes. I have some links to uh, Stephen Day. He'll be the uh, singer-songwriter that will be uh, ending the episode. He's uh, pretty hilarious. He's um, making a making a splash in Nashville as well. He's got some uh, tour dates around and I'm doing some pretty cool stuff. So I had an in-depth interview with him and actually I went on the mission trip with him to Nicaragua. So um, we have some fun, fun experiences there as well. Again, thanks for checking us out. Tune in till, until next week. Have a great one. The sponsors of this show are Buckwalter Impact Group of Benchmark Realty. You can reach Andrew at 615-973-7657 for any real estate needs in the Nashville and surrounding areas, or if you're looking for a realtor in your local area. If you have any lender needs, give Brandon Hutchison with Legacy Mutual Mortgage a call at 615-866-9468. And lastly, if you have any title or closing needs, Give David Weber with Limestone Title and Escrow a call at 615-730-7955. They close anywhere and anytime at no additional cost.
Make sure to text VO, V-O, to 41411 by April the 30th for a chance to win a gift card to one of Terry's favorite restaurants called Fifth and Taylor. They have some great American food. Sit back and enjoy some music from Stephen Day. It's a perfect song for today called A Few of the Rain. It's pouring down. We're just sitting in the camper at a church parking lot. Look up to the sky and I'd say that's okay. Cause today, well, I wanna play in the rain. That's alright. I don't mind. Little bit of time, no sunshine. Calls for rain Says you're coming soon You know exactly What I'm gonna do I'll just look up to the sky And I'll say That's okay Cause today Well I Wanna play In the rain That's alright listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes and be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. 
To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time, 